Welcome to Career Tools. Our guidance on how to read the Wall Street Journal, part two. Here we go. If you're thinking about interviewing anytime soon, now is the time to start preparing. Interviewing is not about smarts. It's not about personality. It's all about preparation in the modern age as more and more companies use more and more tools to separate the wheat from the chaff. Our interviewing series is over 50 podcasts that go through in detail every step of the interview, how to prepare, how to dress, resumes, cover letters, how to chit chat, how to answer, tell me about yourself and your leadership style and significant accomplishments with repeated examples, how to close, how to ask questions, how to follow up, everything in enormous detail because we know interviewing for most people is a black box. Come and check it out. So, Wendy, we started our previous cast talking about the basic structure of the journal, the sections and so on, and we gave some high-level guidance on the main sections that we recommended people read. That was last week. This week, we're going to get more into detail about what to read, what parts, what specific areas to look for information in, also guidance on what not to read, and some suggestions about what to think about while you're reading. The first area to dig down into, mentions of your company, your industry, or industries related to you. Exactly. If you're in a big company, there's a good chance that it will be mentioned specifically by name in the Wall Street Journal. If it's really big, there'll be articles about it. If it's a sort of big enough to be mentioned, but not a really big company. It may be only a couple of paragraphs. It may be it's included in an article about something else, about the industry, perhaps. Yeah, it's just listed as one of three or four companies in the area that the article may be related to, but it's only listed. Uh, There's no expansion on it. Yeah, exactly. And if you're in a smaller company, then probably the company won't be named specifically, but there'll be articles about the industry that you're in. And the other thing is the related industries. You know, if you're in retail, that's highly dependent on what's going on in the rest of the country, you know, in the rest of the economy. So if you know there's something that your industry is dependent on, you want to try and read those uh, sections as well. Okay, good. And you may think that you know everything about your company, you are religiously reading all of the information that comes out from head office or it's only a company of, you know, 500 or 600 people and you feel like I know everybody and you might have an industry magazine and you're reading that and so you feel like you have a deep knowledge of the industry and all these things are true and all of these things are things that are beneficial to you to have. But the Wall Street Journal gives you a different view. It gives you a sideways view that the general public or the general business environment is getting. One of the ways to find out how you're doing is to see what's being said about you. What you say about yourself or what is said internally is one point of view and what's being said externally is another point of view. And it's it's as well to know what people are saying about you or about your company or about your industry who are not part of it. And that's the information that your customers and investors and shareholders have. The point about investors and shareholders is interesting. I think if you think you know what your company is doing and your company is at all large, I think you're probably mistaken. 
and I don't mean that negatively at all. Um, I've just been mistaken so many times in my life assuming I understood a company and then there's an entire division I don't know about or uh, there's been a succession battle and those kinds of things that was very quiet because the company is generally not publicity friendly. And an external viewpoint of your company and of your industry and how those things are related really make an enormous difference. I am surprised at least once a week reading the journal. And I, I ought not to be surprised, but I still am. So if you're a, if you're just a beginner, if you're just starting your professional career, or you're, if you'll excuse me, under the age of 30, then you can't assume that you know everything you know. And even if you do, even if you're the owner of a small company and you're growing and doing well, you can be mentioned unrelated to coverage of your company specifically. And we encourage you, of course, to have RSS feeds and so on and news readers, which scan those things out, which find them. I think we use mention, but the journal is going to give you unique focus on those things that will affect your company. So you can't not do it just about in today's world. Yeah. And if you see something that's negative, you can expect that it's going to be tougher for you to do things. If, if there's negative coverage about a company, that affects the customers. They might not want to buy as easily. The company may not be able to raise money as easily. They may not be able to expand or change in the way that they want to. And so you have to know whether the, it's positive or negative. Yeah, or your CEO is just going to be in a bad mood and the executives are going to be running around like chickens with their head cut off. Yeah, that's um, true. And you're not going to get done what you think you wanted to get done. And suddenly deadlines are very flexible when stuff like that happens. And I'll tell you something else that's in the show notes, particularly for you licensees. If you want to be smarter, reading is the most efficient way to do it. If you read regularly, you read today's issue, you're going to get an idea of what's said this week. If you read the paper for a few months, you're going to start to see the trend. And by the way, then you'll start realizing that everybody's talked about the market going up and down a little bit or what happened here or there. And, and the apparent volatility of so many things is actually misleading and that things do go up and down and the news people want you to be involved and read it and so on. And there are things that do affect you, but a lot of stuff doesn't affect you and you need to learn the discernment to know that, okay, yeah, that's bad, but we've had other bad stuff and it's not been a big deal and we'll be okay. And you'll see that trend, you know, is it positive? Is the industry expanding or new jobs being created? And regardless of what you know, being aware, being knowledgeable enough about individual instances and the trends, being aware is the first step to being smarter in a bigger way about larger things that affect your organization, which ultimately affect you. Indeed. And we want to read those articles all the way to the end. I mean, if they're really fluffy, you don't need to. Unfortunately, journalists are taught to put the most important news at the beginning of an article. But this stuff should be the easiest for you to relate to, and it should be the most important stuff to you. So it's the piece that you want to read first or if you're trying to decide between different pieces to read this is a it, this is probably your number one okay good next is we recommend people read articles which cover news which will definitely affect the whole economy i assume a good example would be 2008 the markets crashed the economy crashed yeah the markets crashed yeah everything crashed and all sorts of 
I don't know that they were strange things that happened. I think they just haven't ha- hadn't happened for a long time, and so they felt odd. So things like consumers stopped buying anything. We stopped buying consumer goods, things like washers and dryers. Everyone said, well, I'm just going to make it last. We didn't go out to dinner as much. Or if we went to dinner, we went to a lower restaurant than perhaps we would have done. Instead of going to a four-star one, we went to a three-star one. We didn't build as many houses. Uh, We let people go, like housekeepers, you know, the kind of things that people regard in their life as luxuries, like a babysitter or the level of daycare that they have. And we all step down a brand in groceries. Not we all, but, you know, if you take the economy as a whole. And there's no reason to make anything if there isn't a consumer. Everything ends up eventually with the consumer, even if you're making something, if you're making machines that make machines to make things. There's still, if they're making things at the end, then there's still a consumer. And if the consumer isn't buying, it kind of backs up the chain. There are some things that are countercyclical, which means that they benefit when the, the economy is low. Things like DIY, like um, Home Depot and Lowe's, those kind of people do well because people do it themselves rather than contracting it out. But for the majority of things, the majority of things go with the economy cycle. So if you read something that says the federal interest rates are going to change and that's going to affect the the economy, you want to know what that effect is so that you can understand what the potential is for your company. Yeah. And this is a little different in that we recommended with articles that are about your company or industry or so on, you read the whole thing. But for these, you don't have to read the whole article first four paragraphs should give you a good idea, a good enough idea as to whether it's going to be valuable to you, whether or not you're interested in it. If you're interested in it, of course, that's fine. It may be your hobby and that's good, but it will make you conversant, which frankly is something that I've noticed. Now I'm old, I'm 55, but I've noticed that young people, because of the joys of technology, um, spend an awful lot of time looking at their phones and a lot less time conversing without phones 20 years ago, when one was in a room with other people, one conversed, one talked, one chatted, one learned things, one asked questions, one shared one's knowledge with other people. And so you may think you can get away with being less conversant. The problem is senior managerial and executive life is all about being conversant. Politics, believe it or not, are all about conversant. And I know if you're young, you're thinking, oh, I don't need to know anything about politics. Take it from me. One of the top 10 stupidest things I ever said in my career was when I was 22, 23 and said, I'm not going to play politics. I'm just going to be so good. They can't, uh, they can't ignore me. Well, it was dumb. And you're going to have to be conversant. You're going to have to be knowledgeable. And you don't have to read it all. But you have to know enough to know what's going on. You can't have that deer in the headlights look that you don't know what's going on when somebody says something about something that you ought to know. And you may think that you're good enough to have people not know that you know, but trust me, they can tell you didn't know. And so you need to invest a little bit in your knowledge base. Okay, Wendy, next section, general news. This carries on from what you just said. You have to know the big stories of the day. 
because the idea that somebody would ask you uh, a week ago there was an earthquake, an earthquake in Taiwan, the idea that someone would say, did you see the news about the earthquake, and you would say no, it's just it's mind-boggling. It was the biggest story of that day, and just not knowing it, it just shows how disconnected you are to the world. And people who live in little bubbles and live in caves or, you know, are like people that are recluse, they, recluse, they can yes. they yeah, they can decide to not be connected to the world. But anyone who lives in the world has to be connected to it. Yeah. As I think about this, I, I think I'm becoming aware of an internal bias that I have that people who are above 30, certainly if above 40 or 50 and are an executive or a senior manager, you're probably reading the journal, but under, not so much. And I think a lot of people, Wendy, would say, the young people would say, oh, no, no, I don't need to read the journal. I, I got that on Twitter. You know, I, I read about the thing on Twitter and I actually, mm-hmm. I actually tweeted about it to my friends about the, uh, about the earthquake. Okay, that's great. But what we're talking about here is not how you feel. We think it's important that you feel that, you know, never sin to know for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee, but rather, what are the implications of that at work? And there's an awful lot of people that I see who tweet with their community about things um, or see things on Facebook, and they think about it personally, but they don't expand that a little bit and say, is this or is this not professional or business news for me? Do you have suppliers in Taiwan? Do you have customers in Taiwan? You may not realize that there are people whom you work with who may be from Taiwan. And it is this sort of second uh, level effect of understanding the news more than just reading a tweet that makes one converse it. And because of the change in technology and so on, I think if you're 25 and the CEO says to you, passing in the hall, hey, did you hear about Taiwan? And you say, oh, yeah, I tweeted about it. But there would probably be some raising of an eyebrow. Not that I don't think Twitter's awesome, but rather that why is you tweeting about it important? I'm thinking about it. Certainly, I'm concerned as a human, a part of the human condition. But I'm actually thinking about it from the perspective of employees we have here or more broadly also about our industry and how it affects us. And that gets us to pop culture, right? You can't even get away with not knowing what is the thing right now. So if you if you went into a conversation and you didn't know what Twitter or Facebook or Snapchat or Skype or any of the things that we use every day right now were, then you would seem like an old fuddy-duddy who doesn't care to be involved with what's new and modern. Yeah. You think, oh, I, I look like I'm focused on only important things and all of that stuff is trivia, but it, it doesn't make you look like that. It, it makes it look like you're out of touch. Yes. Well, like you reject new things. Yeah. In this stuff, though, we probably only have to read the first couple of paragraphs, right? And then if you decide it's, again, up your street or – relevant in a particular way or interesting to you, you can read more. Okay, good. Business news. Yeah. So if if you watch any Silicon Valley pitch, if there's a spoof of one on the TV or if there's, you know, a docu-soap or something similar on the TV, every, every pitch seems to start with somebody 
comparing something to an existing service. So they'll say things like, it's the Facebook of nursing homes or it's the Uber of yard tools. And so (laughs) all of them, like nobody can describe something new without describing it as an amalgamation of two other things. And there's there's a reason for that because it's hard to describe new things. And if you're reading the general business news and the articles about companies not in your industry, it helps you with that knowledge that helps you describe new things by comparing them to old things. And if you tune into it, you can also have new ideas for what you do. Somebody had the idea to sell photocopiers like we sell rental cars. If you've got photocopiers in your building, the company doesn't own them. Right, they lease them. them. Right, yeah. Exactly. And that comes with maintenance, yeah. Yeah. And often if you're reading articles about different companies and about different industries and the way they work, you can put kind of two things together or you can think, hey, they've got a really cool marketing strategy about that we could do that with this new product. And the ideas people are are really valued in companies because a lot of people find it difficult to have new ideas. And the more you read and the more knowledge you have, the easier it is to find things that relate when you're looking for new ideas. Yeah. Also, uh, in the business news, there's going to be news about the stock exchange. There's stuff about of obviously shares and companies, which is most people, what most people think about. If you're looking at an index, if you're not in the financial industry, in the banking industry, if you're looking at a stock index, that is a calculation um, that is designed to represent the health and relative direction of that exchange uh, based upon share prices of certain companies usually. Probably the most famous one is Dow Jones. And I I think it's true that only one company, I think it's General Electric, uh, has been on the Dow Jones forever uh, since it began. And people think, oh, the Dow is the Dow, but but they change it. Not frequently, but they change it to be more representative of how how the economy is doing. There are a lot less industrial companies, big, heavy industrial companies, than there used to be in the Dow because of the impact of technology and software on the world's economy. I always find it fascinating to read the top 10 or the top 15 and realize there's maybe five companies I recognize. And it just reminds me of how big the economy is and how many companies there are. And when we think of the economy or we think of businesses and all that comes to mind is is Facebook and Google and Apple, (laughs) you know, there's hundreds of thousands, millions probably of companies out there that, that don't come to mind. Futures are future production of often commodities, wheat and coal and so on. You buy a bushel of wheat in February, but you actually are going to produce it in September. And then they hope there's a shortage so that they can sell it in September for more than they bought it because the price has gone up. Commodities, things like oil and gas and gold and coffee and orange juice. There's debt markets and currency markets. And then there's places you can buy parts of companies that aren't really shares and so on. And if you're not in the industry, some of that stuff is probably like, well, do I really know that? Um, not not at a detail level, but the markets do affect you personally and it affects the economy in general. If the Dow is going up, probably there is a greater likelihood that um, there will be more opportunity for you to get credit 
to buy bigger things because there's an assumption that you are being carried up. And if there's currently an oversupply of milk, then prices in the grocery store are going to be cheaper and that'll affect farmers who may choose to put off capital spending because capital spending in farm the farm business is a lot. Um, and so knowing how these things are related makes you knowledgeable, makes you able to make connections in things when you hear things that may be unrelated to the task you're working on today. It doesn't make you wise, but it makes you knowledgeable. At the first level, it makes you conversant. Then it makes you knowledgeable. And then the last phase is perhaps before wisdom. It makes you insightful. You are able to be conversant about something. And then over time, you develop a real knowledge. You, you begin to understand how generally how things work. And then suddenly you're going to say, oh, my gosh, if that happened, then that pretty much means X for us. And then you mentioned that in a conversation. And two days later, everybody gets a company-wide email. And somebody goes, man, you called that. I said, no, I, I, I didn't call it. I just It just occurred to me that that was likely that was going to happen. If you did that when you're 28 or 30, based on national or international or world news, I suspect people would raise their eyebrows a little bit. And we recommend you do it because you're a citizen of the professional world. And that makes you a smarter citizen of the professional world. Smarter generally means you're going to make better decisions in the long run. It may not be obvious right at the beginning, but over time, you're building a powerful base that helps you go through conversant to knowledgeable to insightful and then ultimately wisdom which we all hope to get to someday maybe someday soon when do you and i will get to wisdom maybe that's definitely something that's helped me in my career i've always been known as the person who knows things and and i don't know things i just read stuff i'm lucky i usually retain at least some of it enough to remember where back where to go back to to get that information good okay the next thing we recommend is using the save button. There's our, there's our tip of our hat to technology. Rather than doing what I used to do, which was take four or five days worth of the Wall Street Journal to the gym when I got on the elliptical for an hour and folding them over so I could read them and throwing them away in a sweaty wad in the trash, we don't recommend that. Just save it. If you're reading on an app, if you're reading on a device of some sort, there's probably a save article. There's certainly a save option on the app. What do you do on the website, Wendy? You can star ah, um, okay. articles, and then you can go back to the start list. Yeah, and you got to go to it pretty regularly to keep it cleared out, and maybe weekly. You could probably get away with monthly. News decays. And if you're starting to feel overloaded at the end of a month, just delete all the ones you haven't read. Basically, you've proven by not reading them in a month that they're not that important to you. I try very hard not to do this, and I only do it two or three times a year if I just suddenly see an article right before I'm shutting down or something. And the reason for that is there's already enough to read. There's already enough email and so on. I tend not to go back. I particularly do it in the event that it's something that is about a trend, not trendy, but about a trend that I think will be somehow of interest to me or still in effect in a month or a week. Okay, and now we get to the part where you don't read. Yes. 
And if you have like a lazy Sunday or a lazy Saturday and you can sit there and have orange juice and pancakes and coffee and you have the whole morning to read it and read the journal, you can read all of it. We're not saying don't ever read this. We're saying, you know, if you're in a normal busy day, then you don't need to read these parts. Like be efficient uh, by not reading these parts and reading the parts that we've already discussed, which are more relevant. Yeah, we probably shouldn't have titled this Don't Read because uh, that's a prohibition and we don't recommend that because the first one we recommend is Opinion. Uh, the Wall Street Journal Opinion page is widely uh, regarded as an outstanding opinion page. You may not agree with it and that's okay, but I would recommend to you there's an old saying that we only read the news that we agree with. And sometimes it's good to read an opposing viewpoint and to see how truthful, accurate, uh, or compelling it seems to you. That said, this is definitely not a must-read place. I will tell you that I remember when I was reading the journal years ago and I read an opinion article, and it was it was an overview by Peter Kahn, who was then the publisher, and he said something that I thought was very powerful. He said the, the motto of the Wall Street Journal is free people, free markets. That spoke to me because I believe in freedom and there are too many people not in complete freedom today. And free markets, um, despite the fact that there are many protectionists in the world, one of the greatest things to ever happen to mankind is the ability to transport goods and services across international economic and geopolitical boundaries to allow the benefits of trade based on who can do what where. So, if that appeals to you, then the opinion page is a place to find it. That said, it often is political opinion. And again, you probably won't. Um, if you don't agree with it, many people do. If you don't agree with it, you don't have to read it. But it wouldn't hurt every once in a while. It's always good to hear what somebody else says, right? What yes. somebody else thinks. Because you can't develop your own thinking without it being challenged. You know, if you hear something, if you believe firmly in something and somebody else brings you their argument then you can develop your argument or your belief and yes. the, your ability to describe it by being able to compare it with their argument yeah the other thing about the opinion page you have to be careful about if you generally are in favor you generally agree with the op-ed positions of the wall street journal that's fine that's good welcome to freedom and you may confuse an article that is opinion with fact and then you say something to someone else and they say that's not exactly what happened and they're right in the sense that you are reading an opinion piece and that opinion of a fact which you were not aware of before is written in a compelling way and you repeat part of it in such a way without even realizing that you have essentially characterize something rather than been factual about it. And that creates problems. You are seen as not knowledgeable, but biased. Now, some people, some biased people are knowledgeable, but not all. And the most biased people of all are often the least knowledgeable. So be careful about that. Understand what you're reading and how it's different. Next up, Wendy, is personal journal. Yes, and this part of the paper has things like the arts and sports and review of cars and apps and real real estate and lots of things that are related to individuals rather yes. than 
businesses or the economy. And unless your business is in one of those areas, you don't have to read it. There, there may be there's only one interesting thing in this section every week. If Jeremy Clarkson isn't writing about cars, I don't need to read it. Uh, but if, on the other hand, cars are your thing, then, you know, go ahead. Yeah, you don't have to read it. There's a lot of good stuff in it, and the journal didn't have it um, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. So I find it delightful that it's in there, and I can read more broadly, and there's more culture stuff and life stuff, and that's helpful. But it does help to know what other people are reading, and they are popular, I will say that. And the, the journal has discovered that for years they didn't have this stuff. They put it in, and people are like, oh, I love that section. I really enjoy it. Because there's plenty of business stuff to read, and sometimes you need something a little lighter. The last section is money and investment. And I'll tell you, you don't need to read the money and investment section. If it's your industry, absolutely. If you're not in finance, it contains more details than you need. I'll tell you what's funny about this is that when I tell people my guidance about Wall Street Journal, I would easily say that 30% of the people who respond to me say, well, I didn't read the journal because... I generally thought of it as money and finance. And I said, no, that's one third in the original. Um, well, in the original, when I started reading it 30 years ago, that's only one third of it. And generally speaking, many, many people that I know don't read it. Yeah, I would say the majority of people I know that read the journal don't even bother with the third section. And the financial stories that are going to affect you will probably end up being on the front page or in the news of the general economy related to the incident or occurrence that caused the general economy a hiccup in some cases. So certainly read it if you want to, but if you're going to save time, if you're not in that industry, no need to do so. The last point that we have is about things that we're recommending that you think about when you're thinking about reading the journal, which is a very long sentence with lots of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Basically, there's some ways to approach it. And in order to have an open mind and to get the most out of yeah. it. So the one, one of the myths is it's super conservative. Folks, I actually asked Wendy to put this in there because um, I've been reading the journal for a long time. And people assume mistakenly that the journal can't be their paper because it's too conservative. In the same way, there's some people who don't read the New York Times because they feel it's too liberal. This is, an, this is generally an American opinion editorial piece, but I'm sure there are similar discussions about what paper one might read, maybe not strictly because of political or opinion bent. Uh, in London, as an example, Wendy, I'm sure there are people who read the Times. Anybody who reads the Daily Mail, that's not news, it's entertainment. Yeah, that's actually not reading. <laughs> it's, looking, <laughs> it's looking at pictures with captions. Yeah. And as for the sun, we're not even going there. Yeah. So, look, believe it or not, the journal is not, by any stretch, the most conservative paper. Now, you could make an assumption that, ooh, business people at the top of large organizations tend to be conservative. That's actually not true. But when you are in a large institution, you tend to be conservative in the way you talk about your organization because conservatives generally are in favor of the continuation of large organizations, which magnify the effect of human capital. But the journal is actually surprisingly not as conservative as you might think based on some analysis that's been done by news watching entities over the last 20, 30 years. 
And even if it is more conservative, certainly its news is regarded as neutral as can be expected. And if you're not reading the opinion page, which does tend to be more conservative, uh, but generally stays out of social issues, even if you're not that conservative, it's helpful to read something that is not what you expect to read. You know, I think it was uh, Fitzgerald, F. Scott Fitzgerald, who said, the sign of genius is being able to hold two contradictory ideas in one's mind at the same time. It's okay to think what you think and feel what you feel. It's not okay, therefore, to shut down all other input that might be in disagreement. I would argue that's part of the reason why we see less and less what I would call polite discourse where people show themselves to be able to disagree agreeably. Uh, We see people sharing a viewpoint and then the other person attacking the person. Part of that is because our political leaders do that right now. They didn't used to do it 50 years ago, guys, but they do it now. But you have a confirmation bias and you don't take in new information if your brain thinks it's not going to confirm your already existing bias. So it would be helpful, even if you're not conservative in your mind, to look at other stuff. And heck, if you leave the opinion page out, the news is not conservative. It's just news. And the final thing we got to say is about how does this affect you? When you're reading, we want people not to just assume that it's happening somewhere else, right? We want them to think about what does this mean for me? Yeah. The most important news is the stuff that has an effect on you. And you have to think a little bit more broadly about things that might have an effect because we've talked as we've talked about there's kind of knock-on effects to different things like the milk supply being high means the price is low means farmers aren't buying capital equipment means those companies need to worry if you're supplying those companies then you need to worry and so on so it might not be a, a completely direct relevance but it's still relevant so for example the consumption of soda is going down way down And I might worry because at least two of our clients are are involved in the bottling of drinks. On the other hand, the obsession with um, hand sanitizer has been very good for one of them. So even though soda demand seems like completely irrelevant to manager tools, it still has a connection to us. And, you know, if... 80% of our business came from two of those two companies, then we would need to be seriously thinking about the future of our business plan. Agreed. And when you think about the news, there are kind of two timescales. We talked about this before. In the short term, there are news of layoffs, sudden market changes, you know, things like the mortgage crisis, for instance, might cause you to brush up on your emergency plan for a new job, contacting your network and so on. News like the soda news, unless it's a precipitous drop in something, if it's a trend, then it's a long-term trend. As we said earlier, you'll become more aware of those trends and start to filter out some of the drama that the news media, and folks, for the record here, if you're getting your news through video or through social media, they will do even more to dramatize the news, making it feel like things are more spiky, more volatile, more up and down, because they're competing in a very uncertain, very unstable, not in a bad way, marketplace, and they have to work harder to get your attention. And so for those long-term things, 
it's better to have a source like the journal, which will tend to say the effect of this will be this in the short term, but it might be, in fact, greater in the long term. You know, in Wendy's example, if your company's involved in bottling for Coke and only Coke, then maybe at some point in light of the worldwide sugar-based soda market, you may want to think about moving to another company in the medium term just because that industry, the industry you serve, is becoming less robust. Um, Although certainly the industry is bottling a lot of things other than sugar water. And at the same time, if Coke bottles 1.8 billion bottles of stuff a day, you're probably okay. Warren Buffett certainly thinks you're okay for the foreseeable future. You don't need to do something today, right? right? But in the medium term, you might want to think about it. That's it. We went on a good long time. And really what it boils down to is this, folks. We recommend you read the journal. We recommend you be smart about it. And we recommend you go from being conversant uh, to being knowledgeable to being insightful. More insightful managers, leaders, and professionals in the world makes the world a better place. And that benefits, if nothing else, Wendy and me. Yes. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Bye, everyone. That's it, everybody. You may not read it exactly the way we recommend it, but we do recommend you read the journal. I know it's funny and it's probably old-fashioned, but there's an old saying, if it isn't in the journal, it didn't happen. See you next week. Career Tools produces actionable guidance for professionals every week. To receive additional materials via our newsletter and to find products for situations you may face, go to www.managertools.com. Search for Career Tools on Twitter and LinkedIn.